Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Ahead on NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma, the latest on the injury Steph Curry suffered last night against Boston. We'll tell you what the MRI revealed in just a bit. Plus, one of the brightest young players in the NBA, Tyler Hero, on the show live shortly as he goes one-on-one with Malika Andrews from Miami. Don't miss that. And Luca took on KD and company in Brooklyn. But it was a former net that stole the show in the walk-off. A must-see video. NBA Today starts now. But let's jump right into the aforementioned Steph Curry injury from last night's game against the Celtics. Obviously not the way anyone wanted that to go down. The injury happened here at the 417 mark of the second quarter. You can see Steph injures his left foot there and got it rolled up by Celtics guard Marcus Smart as the two were going after a loose ball. Steph was in some pain there. Steve Kerr clearly upset with Smart after the play. And as we see here, Warriors fans collectively holding their breath. Good afternoon. I'm George Sedano in for Malika Andrews. I'm joined now by senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. So, Woj, what are you hearing about Steph's MRI and any potential timeline for his foot injury? Uh, George, uh, Ramona Shelburne and I are told, you know, a, a left foot sprain and that there's optimism initially you know, that Steph Curry would be back by the start of the playoffs in mid-April. Uh, he's getting a uh, you know, specialist uh, to evaluate that imaging today. But the initial evaluation was perhaps in the three-week range. And, you know, the hope is that Steph Curry can return without having to miss any postseason basketball. All right, Woj, thank you so much. Obviously, a uh, semi-fluid situation. We'll stay tuned to it. So thank you, Woj. Appreciate it. Thanks, George. All right, there he is. All right, we now welcome in Roz Gold on Wood. Roz, you were on the sideline last night. What was the mood of the team in that situation? Yeah, I mean, the team was emotionally charged, and especially after Steph left the game, still before the end of the first half, you could see that it started with Steve Kerr. He was upset with Marcus Smart. The both of them were going back and forth, and, and I saw Steve Kerr, you know, he didn't, like the, he didn't like them play, and he also was having the back of his player. But it continued to trickle on through the end of that second quarter, and it, Draymond Green was upset as well, and he was yelling at the refs and actually got a tech. Yeah. So later on, I'm in in the huddle, you know, watching Draymond come back from getting that tech, and Draymond Green is so visibly upset and yelling and and just angered that for a second I saw the entire team seemed a bit jolted by it, and it, it seemed like it was about to spill over in not a great way. Steve Kerr came over to Draymond and he said, "We need you." Steph, Steph wasn't out wasn't out there, so he goes to Draymond. And he says, "We need you." And what I saw right there between those two men, 
I saw respect. Yeah. I saw understanding. I saw experience. And it was a quick reminder to me that these are guys who have won championships before. And then I saw Draymond's great leadership. He immediately calmed down, channeled that into something useful, started to clap, tell the guys to finish out the half strong. The entire team rallied around Draymond in that moment. It literally went from, like, chaos to <laughs> right. something really useful that the team used and came back on that court together and collected. And, and that's one of the strengths of the Warriors. Yeah, certainly the experience. And by the way, the experience without Steph as well. Let's not forget about that. All right, the Warriors have struggled quite a bit, actually, without Steph on the floor. Over the last three seasons, Golden State has won just 18 of 75 games that Curry has missed. That's only good for 24% of those games. So we've got Kendrick Perkins now and Vince Carter joining us here. Perk, we'll start with you. The Warriors' big three has only played together, get this, for 11 mm -hmm. minutes all season. How concerning is that as we near the playoffs? Well, George, let me say this first, okay? Steve Kerr and Draymond Green were both out of line because they know the golden rule when the loose ball is on the floor and every coach in the world in the NBA, college, high say school, it. AU, say they it. tell their players to be the first to hit the floor the because ball. of those Absolutely. reasons. Marcus Smart wasn't doing anything wrong but playing hard. That's the first thing. The level of concern is it's extremely high. It's not because of the chemistry between Steph, Clay, and Draymond, it's the others, right? And we're getting the crunch time with now guys like Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Gary Payton II when he comes back. Those guys need to know their roles, need to know their rotations, things to that nature. They need to figure out how they're going to use Kaminga coming in off the bench. It's vital. It's key not only for the players on the floor, but it's key for Steve Kerr and his coaching staff. This is why it's so concerning. You need right now with 12 games now, you want to be hitting your stride together where guys know exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. and I, I think, you know, it, it's really big for somebody like Wiggins and Jordan Poole, just understanding their touches and how things work when you're playing with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Mm -hmm. That's that's the big thing, and that's the question. Because everything else we know evolves around them and how you play. You're going to get the open shots and stuff, but understanding when when Draymond is running the point forward and, and Steph and Clay are in movement under the basket, whatever, you're supposed to set screen. You set screens because you will be the open guy because of the attention these two young, these two men, I call them young men, demand. So that is a, a question and a concern, uh, in my opinion, as well. Well, make, make no mistake about this, though. I mean, things are absolutely shaken up for the Warriors. And it's so crazy in the NBA mm -hmm. how quickly a reality can change for a team. Literally the game before, Steph, Clay, Draymond were on the same court. Draymond proclaims after the game, two seed, three seed, we're going to win a championship. And actually coming into right. this game that I'm, you know, sideline reporting on, I actually went up to Draymond. I said, I know you don't just say that out of nowhere if you don't believe that. What is it about this team that you think could, could win you guys a championship? And he said, it comes down to one thing, health. He feels that they have been the best team all season except for when they've been hurt. And he feels like now that the, coming into yesterday's game, he felt like now that everybody's healthy, he was saying, look, even if we have things to figure out, I would bet on us, you know, our veteran crew that will figure it out. And the only thing holding us away from a championship is health. And now that's out the window. It's crazy just how quickly that changed. And also they're fighting against time. Do they have enough time to put everything together if and when Steph comes back? To your point, Roz, they're, well, I was they're 29 and 6. Real quick, Vince, they're 29 and 6 when Draymond plays this season. So go ahead, Vince. 
Well, I just say, and, and, and Draymond knows everything is second nature when they get out there. It's, it's not even, you don't have to talk it out. It's second nature. They understand if who's on the one side of the floor when Draymond has the ball. It's, it's just a look. They understand what needs to be done, and that's that will be missing, and that is missing right now, and they need everybody to be on the same page understanding those no calls, those, those the eye contact calls that they have. All right, no question about it. All right, yeah. let's, let's turn over. Perk, did you have something else to add real quick? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, let's turn over another big storyline coming out of last night. Luca, Perk's new guy, <laughs> visiting Brooklyn to take on KD and company at Barclays. Wait, Perk gave up Ja? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he may be cheating on Ja wow. is all I'm saying. All right, so wow. Doncic has Dragic on him here. <laughs> Doncic drains a tough fadeaway jumper right there. Let's move on. 15 seconds to go, same score. Durant with the pull-up here on the other side. KD doing KD things. Swack him right there. Seven seconds to go. Mavericks down one. Doncic is forced to give it up. Swings it to Dinwiddie. And here it is. Luca, late game Luca finding the open man. Contest the jumper though. Nice recovery. And Dinwiddie leaves the shot to be made in front of his old fans. Here it is one more time. Luca sees the double. Nice recovery by Dragic, but Dinwiddie hits the shot in Dragic's face. And let's go to the post game. Let's hear from Dinwiddie with Cassidy Hubbard after the game. Back to back game winners. This one on your old stomping grounds. What did you see on that play? Oh man, nah, they double Luca. Yeah, Luca found me. That's 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 just Luca making a play more so than me doing anything special. I felt it was an opportunity for us to get the ball out of Luca's hands. I mean, it's three seconds on the clock and him to rush a pass and they rush a shot. I, I thought the probabilities on that. You know. And making that shot was pretty low, but he made a great shot. Like I spin Sands and make him mislead. If we miss that, it's great defense for us. But you know, that's why you get paid twenty million dollars a year <laughs> to make them shots. You know, so uh, gotta give him credit. So Perk, we'll start with you. I know you were enamored by Luca in Boston over the weekend. I was there with you. We already knew Luca was a closer, but last night he proved he can close in a different way too. So how scared should the rest of the league be about late game Luca? Well, it, look, they should be very scared, but it's not just about late game Luca. It's about skinny Luca. Since he's lost the weight, I just want to go over, go over some 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 spankings that he has given out with his with his Gucci belt. Okay, just this month alone, he went into L.A. And he gave a spanking to the Lakers and LeBron James. He was the best player on the floor. He went to, then they played the Golden State Warriors. He put Steph over his lap and gave him a spanking yes, as well did. with the win. Then he went into Utah, put Donovan Mitchell over his right uh, knee and gave him a spanking. <laughs> and then he gave Jason Tatum a spanking two nights ago. And then he just gave KD a spanking. So when I look at Skinny Luka, Against all those teams and all those superstars, he has been the best player on the floor that night and has won his won those games for his team. You look at the Celtic game, late game situation, he gets doubled, who he finds? Spencer Dinwiddie. Last night against the Nets, who he finds? Spencer Dinwiddie. And then all of a sudden, we hear Finney Smith come out and say, it feels so good because it's not jealousy in the locker room, which means to mm. tell me that Skinny mm. Luca is now happy because Prozingas is gone. So the rest of the league should be scared because this man is on a mission.
Yeah, and by the way, last time uh, Perk uh, and I talked about quote-unquote skinny Luca, Chanae was here. We decided to call the skinny Luca just like, it sounded like a good drink, Roz, to be <laughs> honest with you. Like you go to the bar and order a skinny Luca, and you got you got all right. Now, skinny Luca may be drinking a lot of skinny Lucas after all these Ws, uh, but Roz, yeah. what do you make of Luca? I mean, yeah, I feel like mm -hmm. I would order a skinny Luca at like a coffee shop, you know, with an extra <laughs> shot of espresso. But, <laughs> right. um, but for me, what I saw from Luca wasn't anything that I didn't already know about him. I mean, Luca is that guy. Yeah. For me, what stood out more is the emergence <laughs> of Spencer Dinwiddie as someone who's ready to compliment him as a solid and strong number two option. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie hit two game winners in a row. This is somebody, yeah, Luca's that guy. Mm -hmm. It was all about him down the stretch. But Spencer Dinwiddie had his fingertips, you know, his fingerprints all through that fourth quarter. 15 of his 22 points were in that fourth quarter. And, you know, when Kristaps Porzingis was traded away, it was natural for all of us to ask, well, then who's the number two option? Who's and I actually two? had a game coming out of the All-Star break with them, and I asked Jalen Brunson, is it you? You know, he was their second leading scorer. He wasn't willing to claim that. Right. He wasn't even willing to say that anybody on the team was a number two leading scorer. And personally, I'm not sure that works later and later and later in the playoffs with it all <coughs> being just Luka in seven-game series. Someone's got to emerge. And what I'm seeing right now, what's exciting me, is that Spencer Dinwiddie might be the right fit at the right time. Well, let me interject here real quick. As I mentioned, I was in Boston for their game against the Celtics over the weekend, and I spoke to Jason Kidd about just what's different about Luka this year, other than the regular stuff, maturity, et cetera, et cetera. And he talked about their game plan on offense was to take the ball out of his hands some, not to have all the responsibility on him. And it started with Jalen Brunson, and Spencer Dinwiddie has even expanded that even further. That way, Luka is ready to roll in the fourth quarter and do whatever it, the team needs for him to do to close those games out. And sometimes it's going to be him, and sometimes it's going to be finding the open man. All right, let's check out who was in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Vince, what caught your eye when it came to late game Luca last night? Well, well, for me, it is about growth because it is now his willingness to do whatever. You see here, he has three guys. He's drawing guys. He would force that at the beginning of the year. Now, it's finding the right guy, making the right play, which he now, like I said, has trust and confidence in Spencer Dinwiddie. You see here, gets in the paint. He's He knows Dinwiddie's at the top of the key. He looks Horford off just to buy Spencer Dinwiddie the, the, enough time to knock down three. Now you say here, nah, nah, give me that screen. I want the big fella. Come get some of this. You know, he gets in his move. It's not there. Gets off the ball at the right time. Drogic is a half a second late. For three, you see here again, KD, he can feel it. He knows the double team is coming. KD is there. Boom, he gets off the ball. Spencer did what he knows. I have to get it off. And let me tell you something. If you look at that shot as a right-handed jump shooter, that is a tough make when you're being contested on the right side. Then Woody knocks it down. And that is giving uh, Luka the confidence to play with the number two now. The Mavs are now 8-1 in clutch games since Spencer Dinwiddie's first game with the team back on February 15th. They're also shooting 55% in clutch situations in that span, which is the best in the NBA. Still to come on NBA Today, surefire six-man of the year, Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat, live with Malika Andrews from the 305. Can't wait for that. And I can't wait to go to the upper room with Vince Sanity. Vince Carter delivers his best dunks of the week. And another bad Westbrook game. But is the disrespect from opponents getting too flat? And is it going too far? We'll discuss next as NBA Today rolls on. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team.
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. I'm glad that Tyler Hero has put everybody on notice. Tyler Hero is a baller. I mean, that's just who I am. Three ball. Splash! Embrace this man! I live for the big moment. When you're a hero, you're a hero. He's a certified bucket getter for the team with the best overall record in the Eastern Conference. Nobody averages more points per game coming off the bench than Tyler Hero. Yes, he's averaging more points per game than legendary six men like Jamal Crawford or even Manu Ginobili ever averaged. And Vegas has him as the absolute running away favorite for six man of the year. So without further ado, let's send it down to my home city of Miami, the 305, where Malika Andrews is standing by with Tyler Hero. Malika? Absolutely. Absolutely, George. I am down here in South Beach where the rain outside, it is dangerously looming. And I am here with Tyler Hero. And George Sedano just talked about how you are right now the runaway favorite for sixth man of the year. You're averaging just over 21 points per game this season. But I've seen the videos of you boxing. I've seen the workouts with your dad. I know that strengthening was a point of emphasis this year for you. How has that unlocked another level of your game? Um, you know, it's just added strength. You know, it's just there's a bunch of different places on the court that, you know, it helped me out. Mm. Um, getting to the rim, getting to the basket, getting to my spots, um, being more physical, you know, getting to guys' bodies. And, um, you know, it helped my confidence, too. And then also, you know, the defensive end on that side of the ball, I'm allowed to, it allows me to, you know, be more physical and uh, stay in front of my guys and, um, you know, just overall strength can help anybody. Absolutely. You mentioned sure. confidence. There were folks who, when you all were, did what you did in the bubble, got all the way to the finals. Yeah. You were bounced in the first round of the playoffs last year. They said it was a fluke. The bubble, that was just the perfect circumstances for the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. The way that this team is playing this year, is that sort of any sort of redemption or validation to those folks to say, uh-uh, that's not who the Miami Heat are? Yeah, I mean, now you can see, you know, we play, we can play well outside of a bubble. Um, you know, we're, we're at top of the East right now, and, you know, we know how deep it is in, in the East. and. You know, we're outside of a bubble, we're ready for the playoffs, ready to continue to get better every single day, and uh, we feel like we have a, put ourselves in a position to be able to compete, you know, for a title. I would say if you're the number one seed in the East, yeah. you're, you're putting yourself in a position. not dangerously looming anymore, tell them that. Not dangerously <laughs> looming anymore, the Heat have arrived. But for you, sixth man of the year talk, are, are you the sixth man of the year? I mean, that's for you guys this side, but I believe so. Um, you know, there's a, a bunch of great bench players, but at this point, I feel like, you know, I've done my part. Um, I'm on the best team, and we uh, we should be sixth man of the year. And Bam Adebayo? Defensive player of the year, spoke coach of the year. Um, <laughs> me and Bam, we talk about it all the time. I got to put my guy Bam, so make sure y'all vote for him, def defensive player of the year. Bam Adebayo, defensive player of the year. But speaking of Bam, you, Bam, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, you've only played 82 minutes together over 18 games this season. Mm -hmm. What gives you the confidence that it can translate to the playoffs, even if you haven't been on the court together a whole lot? 
Um, I mean, a bunch of vet veteran guys who've been there before. I think I'm, I'm obviously the youngest. Yeah. Um, with Bam, who's, you know, he's been an all-star. He's been to the finals, been through a pl couple playoff runs now. So, um, you know, I think we've just got a bunch of guys who've played the game of basketball and know how to play it the right way. Um, you know, with the, us four, I think that we can, you know, play, just throw us in there, and we'll be able to figure it out on the fly and um, make things happen, make things work. Absolutely. For sure. With going back to the sixth man of the year, just briefly, when we talk about you being sixth man of the year, mm -hmm. oftentimes when you're looking at a sixth man, it's a veteran, right, who's changed their role potentially and then come off of the bench in that role. Yeah. How does it make you feel when you think about being so young and already being in that conversation? Uh, I mean, it's it's a blessing and testament to my hard work. My, my teammates and coaches trust me with the ball. You know, in the in in the game, in the situations, you know, they trust me with the ball, and you know, I think that can't be taken for granted. You know, having teammates and coaches that really trust me and allow me to be myself. Well, the Eastern Conference, it is certainly. What did I say off camera? It's formidable. It's yeah. challenging. It is difficult. And Tyler said, "Yeah, it's hard." Make sure to note that for you. Who is the most challenging, formidable opponent that you're looking at in the Eastern Conference? I mean, you know, after the deadline, you know, there's. A couple of about five, six teams that can really, you know, yeah. make a run at it. But for me, I would say Milwaukee's um, one of the top teams in the East. I think that can, you know, obviously make a run defending champs. Um, Giannis MVP. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that they have, and um, I think that we can, you know, play them to, to hopefully go to the finals. What does PJ Tucker say about that? I mean, he's ready for it. Yeah. You already know. <laughs> he's ready to he's ready to play his former team and, you know, try to get back to the finals. Absolutely, especially after what happened in the first round last year. Sure, Maybe there's yeah. something to avenge there. Yeah, there is. We're ready. And, and clearly, from talking to the guys around the heat today, from seeing them in the practice facility, <laughs> you all are ready. Tyler yes, Hero, are. thank you so much. Thank really so appreciate much. it. The heat, what did you say, no longer dangerously looming? Dangerously looming. looming. We are not anymore. Not anymore. Count not dangerously looming. George Sedano, back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Malika. Have a cafecito for me there in Miami. All right, let's bring back Big Perk and Vince. Let's continue chatting about Miami. They were in action last on Tuesday night against the Detroit Pistons. Jimmy Butler was making his return after missing their previous game with a foot injury. And here's the deal. Watch as Jimmy misses the floater but comes up limping after the shot. We can take another look here in a second. Butler twists his ankle on a defender's foot. Butler would finish the quarter but wouldn't return after halftime. Miami would go on to win, though, 105 to 98. So the Heat have won 66 of 100 games in which Jimmy Butler has played over the last two seasons. That's obviously good, but they've struggled a bit, you know, or he's struggled particularly a bit to stay on the court since the bubble. And in those games, they're only 20 of 42. So that's not so great. All right, so... Let's be clear, Tyler Hero has been the Heat's best player in the clutch this season. Surprisingly, though, not Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets. And since the bubble, as we just laid out, Jimmy has had trouble staying healthy. So, Vince, starting with you, how concerned should Heat fans be about Jimmy when it comes to both the clutch time and the health? Well, it's definitely a concern because Jimmy Butler is the heartbeat and, and the tough guy for your team. He's the voice of your team. He brings the energy and effort and everything in between on both sides of the ball. And it makes the game easier for Tyler Hero. Yes, Tyler Hero's been playing great. And it's been tough for Jimmy Butler to get rolling because of his injury just getting back in and just doing what needs to be done. Now, the most important thing for me is you want to make sure that guy, Jimmy Butler, is healthy for the playoffs. That's what's important. You don't just want him to continue to play just because and all that. You need him for the playoffs because if you look at where they are, they're first right now. With playing the eighth seed, it could possibly who? The Raptors, the Nets, 
the Hornets, and even, you know, if the, the Hawks get it together, possibly the, the Hawks. So those are teams that you don't want to face without with a hobbled Jimmy, but, Jimmy Butler. You need a healthy Jimmy Butler. So right now, with 12, 13 games left, get him healthy. And, and like Tyler Hero said, you can put that group back on the floor. They're familiar with each other. They can play well and figure it out. Yeah, you know what? When healthy, I got, I had the heat, the heat as the as my dark horse to win it all because I feel like with Eric Spoelstra, their defensive lineup, the way that Tyler Hero is playing. But make no mistake about it, that if Jimmy Butler is not healthy, this team is not even making it out of the East. Jimmy Butler has shown us time and time again that when it matters the most, he's capable of rising to the occasion. Now, should the Feet Heat fans be concerned about his health? Yes. Could they be concerned about him being clutch? No. Let's not act like nope. we didn't remember the performance <laughs> he put on against the Lakers in the bubble or the fact that he carried the Chicago Bulls franchise and took them to Eastern Conference Finals and the only person that was standing in his way was a LeBron James at the time. So I have the utmost confidence in Jimmy Butler in the in the in the clutches moments, but I am concerned about his health. Yeah, I would agree with you guys. And look, the other part of, the, of it is this. He as long as he's healthy to your point, Perk, they can win a championship. But Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo mm -hmm. are better than they were in the bubble. And they've got Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker. This team certainly can compete. We'll sure. see uh, how it goes for them moving forward in a tightly contested Eastern Conference. Still to come on NBA Today, another poor performance from Russ and some wild blunt disrespect from the Wolves. Did it cross the line? Plus, the best dunker of all time, Mr. Vince Carter, takes us to the upper room. The best dunks of the week, according to the legend himself. And speaking of jaw-dropping monster performances by all three of the clubhouse leaders for MVP last night, all aboard. We're going to get on that MVP Express when we return in just a bit. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Marcus Smart dove for the ball and landed on Steph's left ankle. I thought it was a dangerous play. I thought I thought Marcus uh, dove into Steph's knee. We all know the litany of ankle injuries he's been through. I'm sure I'm going to get called dirty. I mean, it's their opinion. We talked after the game. We're good, but I thought it was a dangerous play. I know who I am. My teammates know, and you know, my colleagues know I'm not a dirty player. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. We're now joined by our Warriors reporter, Kendra Andrews, live from San Francisco. In a report from Woj and Ramona, we've heard that Steph's MRI revealed uh, a foot injury following the collision with Marcus Smart. What was the mindset within the team after this? 
Well, the mood isn't great around the Warriors. Now, keep in mind, the team has not been together since last night when they were awaiting those MRI results for Steph. They didn't practice today. They had today off. But I was told that last night in the locker room, the mood was very subdued, and there were some nerves while they were waiting for those results. Now, as you mentioned, Woj and Ramona are reporting that Steph is out till the start of the playoffs with that left foot sprain. Now, there's a half-glass full approach saying it's good that he avoided any serious, serious injury, but one coach did text me this morning very bluntly saying it sucks and we cannot catch a break. Last night, Draymond Green told me it feels that every time we get someone back, someone else goes out and he's right. The Warriors' big three of Stefan, Draymond, and Klay Thompson have played just 11 minutes together in the last three years. And this season's starting lineup of those three, plus Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney, have played just seven seconds together. It was those seven seconds in Klay's first game back, back in January. Now, they've managed to get off to a good start without Klay. And they did have some up and downs without Draymond, but they started to find a groove his final few games out. But Stephen Curry is a whole other piece to the Warriors' puzzle. And as the race for standings in the playoffs kind of comes down to the wire, there's definitely some concern right now. Thank you, Kendra. Appreciate that. Seven seconds. That's insane. I, I didn't even know that number. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Kendra Andrews, of course. Seven seconds is what it takes me basically to walk back to this desk. I mean, think about that for a second. They're starting five, hasn't played, but seven seconds together. That's wild. All right, the top three MVP candidates were in action last night. Let's check out what they did, starting with the birthday boy, Joel Embiid, 28-year-old, was in Cleveland last night, put up big numbers yet again. He finished with 35 points, 17 boards, and five assists in the victory. Oh, man. It was his 32nd 30-point game this season, the most by any player. Staying on the MVP Express, Giannis Antetokounmpo went to work against the Kings last night. The Greek freak dropped 36 points to go along with 10 boards and two steals and a block, for that matter. Giannis now has five straight road games with 30-plus points after. And after the game, he tried his best to tap into his inner stone-cold Steve Austin. Wait a second. Let me see this. What was Giannis doing? I don't usually drink, but I'm gonna take a sip. I can't do it. I'm not that good. No. Giannis, that was a terrible attempt, I'll say, at being Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're great at a lot of things, but that wasn't it. Now, off to D.C., where the Wizards got all of Nikola Jokic, man. Jokic scored 29 points on 10 of 14 from the field, 2 of 2 from three-point range, 7 of 7 from the charity stripe, and added 13 boards and 8 dimes. He now has 23 consecutive games with a double-double, the longest streak in Nuggets franchise history. Wow, incredible stuff. Jokic, by the way, became the second fastest player in NBA history to reach 10,000 points, 5,000 rebounds, and 3,000 assists. One game behind Larry Bird. That's wild. However, Jokic has been on the floor for over 4,000 fewer minutes than Bird when he reached that mark last night. We now welcome in ESPN NBA senior writer Brian Windhorst and the, hope, the host excuse me, of the Hoop Collective podcast. So, Wendy, it's your turn to hop on this MVP Express. What will be the difference in the MVP race? What do you think it comes down to? Well, I have to say, as an MVP voter for almost two decades now, 
the players every year in the race are graded on a curve. I wish that that wasn't the case, but it's reality. Players who have won the MVP in the past, and in this case you have Giannis and Jokic you have, are held to a standard of their previous years when they won the MVP. And so that is a factor as you look at it, as is the fact that Joel Embiid is in the position to win the scoring title. Uh, he is continuing to score giant uh, amounts of points despite the fact that uh, he is now sharing the court with James Harden. And, you know, his team is in an absolute dogfight for positioning with Giannis's Bucks. They're, they're neck and neck to see who could be 2-3 in the East, and that could mean avoiding a date with Brooklyn in the first round. So all of these things are there. I think Embiid has put forward a very impressive case, and while Jokic and Giannis are playing great, Embiid isn't yielding any ground, and that's uh, relevant. Mm. Well, first, let me say how beautiful it is to have three bigs as the front runners for the MVP race. <laughs> I can tell you that's a beautiful thing to see. That's the first thing. But I, <clears throat> I, think, I think it's only fair that when you finish as the runner-up like Joel and B did last year and the way that he's playing right now with all the Ben Simmons, the whole situation that happened in Philly, not knowing how Philly was going to survive. People thought that Philly wasn't going to even be in the contention. The fact that he's leading the league in scoring, the fact that he made uh, Philly an attractive place for James Harden to go there by his by his play and the way that he has carried this team, I think it's Joel Embiid's time to win the MVP. There's no knock on Jokic. I hate to take Giannis for granted because we're going to see another six or seven years of this Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I think in all fairness, I I think this is Joel Embiid's season to win the MVP because of the scoring title and everything else that we talked about. Well, Perk, to me, you're, it's not a knock on any of them. He's playing that well for as as well as as Giannis and, and Joker are playing. He's playing the next level and he's been consistent. It's been all year. You can't sit here and say, oh, but he had a down stretch. He has been phenomenal all year. And then to add to it, like you said, they're in the running. Uh, they have a, uh, the, the, a, a, an opportunity to, to play play for first place. They're, I mean, what has he not done? And then you add somebody, a score like James Harden, and he's still, his numbers are up there. Uh, I still want to throw some, some love to John Morant and Jason Tatum as well. But I think the difference is what has these teams, these, I mean, these individual players done for their team moving after the All-Star break, which we call money time when it matters. And right now, Giannis, Joker, and Embiid has done that for their team. They have moved the needle up. They're trending upwards. They're moving up, up, up. And that's why I think right now, you know, those three deserve to be, I'm sorry, your bigs, your bigs, per. Deserve to be in the front runners. This is one of those moments. I'm yeah. I'm glad I don't have a vote, to be honest with you, because it's just you're literally splitting <laughs> hairs tough. with these guys. It's just right. wild. All right, we'll have right. An, another star-studded NBA Wednesday doubleheader coming up next week on ESPN and the ESPN app. Katie and Kyrie and the Nets take on John Moran and the Grizzlies at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. Then it's out to L.A. for our West Coast primetime game between Joel Embiid, James Harden, and the Sixers and LeBron and the Lakers. By the way, Roz and I will have the coverage on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Our coverage on that game on TV begins with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern. Still ahead on NBA Today, we'll get back to our top story in just a bit. The latest on Steph's foot injury and who needs to keep up in the interim. So make sure you keep it locked. Still plenty to come here on NBA Today as we roll on. Cases, 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I hate losing, so yeah, of course there's a level of frustration for sure. Can't even like sit here and say that we should be this or we should be that. Our record is who we are. Championship team, it's not us right now. This season is definitely different. It's the same question every game, every time we lose. It's like, hey, how long do you think it's going to take? We don't know. Welcome back to NBA Today. Everyone is getting their shots in on the Lakers right now. The Timberwolves had their turn last night. Minnesota got 30 from Cat on their way to a 20-point win. Patrick Beverly enjoyed every single second of this win, and he let Russell Westbrook hear about it all game long. Here's Russ's reaction after the game. The trash talking doesn't bother me none. Nobody over there has done anything <laughs> that in this league that, you know, make me put my eyes up. Like, oh, they're talking mess. Then they respond, no. So it's fine. They're good. They won a game. Um, you know, happy for them. Move on to the next one. Um, that's that. Beverly responded on Twitter saying, quote, playoffs every year. Two Western Conference Finals with two different teams. Individual stats or team stats? I thought it was a team sport. The Timberwolves are feeling great about themselves, obviously, and the disrespect <laughs> towards the Lakers seems to be at an all-time uh, highs. So, Perk, I hear you laughing. Yo, Is this more yes, about the Lakers' yes, lack yes. of pride or the T-Wolves' lack of fear of the Lakers? It's more about the T-Wolves and everybody else. They don't feel the Lakers no more, and it's okay. Look, I love the pettiness. I love the trash talk because you know what? The game is won between those lines. And at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly have a history of going at each other. So what did Russ expect? He thought Pat Bev was going to come out being okay. friendly. Look, I love Pat Bev. I love Pat Bev approach. You know why? Because he's the ultimate uh, definition of losing yourself in the team. This guy got a, a $13 million contract extension because of him being a team guy, a leader, bringing that tenacity. So right now, just like Russ was able to dish it out when he was rocking the baby, saying guys was too small, he got to be able to take it. It's part of it. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I think right now, you know, they're rallying behind Pat Bev. They know there's a, what, eight years, eight, nine years of, of, of beef between these two, and they're rallying behind it. Uh, just think, they have a, a rookie of the year playing well. I mean, he was down, but... Anthony Edwards has been playing well. Cat has been balling, just put up 60. So they got the chest poked out. Now they got the Lakers, who they feel like, not big brother, not the big bad wolf anymore, and they're coming in. The only thing to me is like, yeah, that's their beef. I mean, I know they're behind them. Like, Cat get involved in all the track. Uh, I don't, I don't, that's their, that's their thing. Support your brother and, and, and go to war with them, what they're doing. But you don't see any fear by the, by, by the Wolves. I mean, you can see it on the floor. They were going down, out hustling them, just 
the disrespect was real, though. I mean, it was just, it was real. And that just says a lot about this young guy. Are they supposed to be scared of him? They said not really. They, they weren't trash talking him. They were clowning them. That is what was so disrespectful. <laughs> the way they were clowning them. The way they were mocking Russell Westbrook. They weren't talking trash to him. They were showing him up in front of everybody. Patrick Beverly coming over and patting LeBron on the backside? Are you kidding me? He got lucky LeBron didn't hit him upside the head. This is just a complete disrespect. And the reason they're disrespecting him is because they don't see him as equals. The Lakers have been down 25 points, three consecutive games. And guess what? They're in Toronto tomorrow. Toronto's coming off 5-0 and on the West Coast. And Toronto will clown them too unless they stand up to it. Yeah, Brian, I don't think there's any question. And hey. let's not forget, real quick. You good, bro? Yeah. You good? Let, let, let's not forget, to your point about the beef between Pat Bev and Russ, you know, Russ said openly to the media, Pat Bev's fooling you all, like talking to us, the media. And, you know, I know that he went on J.J. – Pat Beverly went on J.J. Reddick's podcast and talked about that, how he almost ruined his career in some ways. So I, I would imagine for Pat Bev, it is very, very personal. He had that mark. He yeah. had that mark. Yeah. He had that game Yeah, mark. yeah. Hey, and look, look if, you, if, you feel, if you feel disrespected or you feel like somebody is clowning you, do something about it. Right. I'm going to give you an example. When, we were, when I was in Boston – we hated the Cavaliers and how Braun them used to pose for pitches before games and do their little <laughs> handshakes and yeah, right. do their snapshots. You know what Braun said? He said in the media, if you, if you don't like what we're doing, do something about it. Right. When we saw them in the playoffs, guess what? We did something about it. That's how you handle it. You handle it between those lines. Absolutely, Perk. Wendy, thank you for joining us as always, man. Appreciate it. All right, we have some breaking news coming out of Dallas. Former Mavericks general manager Donnie Nelson sued the team on Thursday, alleging that owner Mark Cuban fired him last summer as retaliation for reporting that Cuban's chief of staff sexually harassed and assaulted his nephew during a job interview in 2020. The lawsuit says Cuban offered Nelson a payment of $52 million to withdraw a wrongful termination claim and sign a confidentiality statement. Cuban denied the claim, saying, quote, Everything in that filing is a lie, end quote. Jason Luton, who is accused of assaulting and harassing Nelson's nephew at All-Star Weekend in Chicago, also denied the accusations. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. We have arguably the greatest dunker in the history of this league in Vince Carter. Welcome to the upper room. I pick who's oh. going to take it to the upper room. Like, bro, did he really try to jump with me? I did this my rookie year, too. I'm oh! Ugh. I tell you what, put him on the ground. We call that a body bag. May he 
Rest in peace. Look at that view right about there. Some people levitate. It's levels to this person. He makes it look so easy. Security guard, please open that velvet rope. Bang! Bang! It's been a minute since we've had our man Vince on the show. So it means it's time for the greatest dunker in basketball history to take us to the upper room. Vince, take it away. Welcome to the upper room, baby. All right, let's get it going. Mr. Terrence Ross said he wanted to visit the upper room. So uh, he's at the door. Let's roll the tape. Terrence Ross, what you got for us? He goes back door, catches. Oh. I mean, just, I mean, that's some levitation. Like, he, he he's levitating. Good right Lord. here, back door. It just, real easy. It just, just throw it down and casually, casually walk down to the other end. Yeah, effortless. Terrence yeah. Ross, I mean, just, mm, mm, mm. Look at that right there. Like, just throw it in. Yeah. yeah the look away, too. Mm. I like that. All right, and then we have Mr. Cat. Cat said, I scored 60 points, but I, I also was down with a visit to the upper room. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Kiki. Oh, my goodness. What is that on your head? Mm. <laughs> throw it Excuse down, me, big sir. man. Mm, and it's, it's and just imagine on the road, like it's just the crowd is like, ooh, and it just gets quiet in there. And then for our our, our last nominee, Mr. Jalen Brown. Uh oh. On a special night, on a special night, KG, K, KG gets his jersey retired, and he just oh. said, man, let me mm. put him on a poster. Mm. And hey, and, and then he gave him a little doubt. You see. Split between the legs, go, mm. I saw T-Mac do that to Cornell David. Tap, dap him up. You see, let's see it again. Yeah. Between the legs, grab the pony. Sorry, sir. Dap <laughs> him up. Mm. <laughs> Poor Maxi Kleber. Hey, 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 George, you know why he dapped him up? Because he said, I just got a VIP pass to the upper room. Jalen Brown, welcome to the upper room, baby. There is bottle service for you, too, just like Mr. Perk. It gets a gets a free bottle, you know what I'm saying? If to get in the upper yeah. room. So there you go. Congratulations to Jalen Brown there. The NCAA Women's Championship first round begins tomorrow morning at 11:30 Eastern, 9:30 Pacific on ESPN2. South Florida squares off against Miami, followed by South Dakota and Ole Miss. And ESPN has Howard taking on number one seeded South Carolina at 2 Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Then it's Illinois State matched up against Caitlin Clark in Iowa. All games are also available on the ESPN app so you can watch anywhere. On a more serious note, some serious news to get to now. A court near Moscow has extended the detention of WNBA star Brittany Griner until May 19th, according to the Russian state news agency TASS. Griner has detained or was detained at an airport near Moscow in mid-February after Russian authorities said they found vape cartridges allegedly containing cannabis oil in her luggage. The crime could carry a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison. The WNBA season is set to tip off May 6th. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Watching NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. So we know how long Steph may be out for now, but what we don't know is who will need to step up for the dubs in his absence. So, Perk, we'll start with you. Which warrior needs to step up in Steph's absence and take it to another level? Well, a lot of people question him being the all-star. I think Andrew Wiggins is the guy that got mm. to elevate his game. 
Vince? I'm right there with him. Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> it's time. You got it's, it's your time now. Show him why you are all-star because your superstar is out. Yep. He has struggled since the all-star break. I don't think there's any question about that. All right. Appreciate you, appreciate you all for joining us today. Enjoy the weekend of NBA Rip games up, and the Rip madness. Up, we'll talk Rip to you soon. Up, Have a great day.